So this week we are speaking with Corey Riggs. Corey is the executive director of the El Dorado and Chileno Bay Foundations. He is a resident of Los Cabos, Mexico. And he's a really fascinating individual. Uh, this is a very heartfelt conversation. The thing that I took and continue to go back um, revisiting from this conversation is how much Corey loves his home in Las Cabos. So we spoke about a vast array of different things, including his work at the foundations and how his work is impacting the residents of Cabo. We just spoke about the Mexican healthcare system, his dual citizenship, and just an, a vast array of typical becoming legendary diatribes. I think you're going to love the heck out of this conversation. This was a joy to get to experience, and I hope it's a joy for you to listen to. So without further ado... Let's get to becoming legendary. There are no gold medals for down dog. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legendary. Become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Corey, welcome to Becoming Legendary, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you here, man. Can you do us the favor and uh, grant our audience an introduction to who you are? Uh, I'm Corey Riggs, and yeah. I live and work in Los Cabos, Mexico. I'm actually from Arizona. I believe both of you are from Arizona, right? You guys both are in Arizona? Correct. Well, Patrick's in Colorado. I'm in, I'm in he's the oh, owner of, okay. of Sacred Plant. But I've done lots of time in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> well, I'm excited to take talk more about that as well. Your 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 guys' business that you're doing and and uh, but yeah, I, I am from Arizona. I live and work in Mexico. Been here since 2007, 2008. Been in Mexico City for a while, and then now I've been living in Los Cabos since late 2008. And I do a few things. I run a foundation down here called El Dorado Foundation, and it's also the Chileno Bay Foundation. They're both owned by a parent company called Discoveryland Company. It has developments all over the world. And I basically help uh, very wealthy individuals give to, to community projects here in Mexico and provide them the, the way of doing that. And I also teach communications with a company called Decker Communications. And I have the only English-speaking radio show in Los Cabos. So that's that's a little bit that, that has nothing to do with actually who I am, yeah. but that's that's what I. <laughs> Those do. are pretty cool things, though. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what was the path that What was the path that brought yeah. you to Mexico? Yeah, uh, growing up, I grew up in in Tucson, Arizona, and I always just had a fascination with the Mexican culture and knew that there was something wrong with not being able to speak a second language. I had a lot of Mexican friends that would say things in Spanish 
And I always was like, wow, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I had this dream to, to speak Spanish. So I actually, I, when, I, when I graduated, I graduated from college, the University of Arizona uh, with economics, an economics degree, and decided to go to a, a MBA school called Thunderbird, which is up in Phoenix, actually. Mm -hmm. And the, the cool thing about Thunderbird is you have to speak a second language to graduate. So at 27, I started learning Spanish. And now I live in this whole world of Spanish. And it's the coolest thing because one of the best sayings that I've ever, I've ever heard is learn a second language and gain a new soul. And mm. that to me is the truth because mm. there's this whole other world that opens up to you and you're able to understand things that, that, that you never would have thought about, even thought about understanding before. And you even understand things about your own language that you never realized before. Um, culture is based around language or, and, and there couldn't be two different cultures than the Mexican culture and the, the United States culture. It's actually the only border in the world where a high context culture is up against a low context culture. There's no other border in the world like it. And a lot of people don't even understand that, but that causes a lot of the challenges between our countries. Just there's a lot of misunderstandings based on culture. So that's how I ended up. I love Mexico. I, Tucson is a very integrated place with a lot of um, architecture, Mexican architecture, and just so being able to live in Mexico, it's, it's a really cool thing. And that's it was, it, was, it sounds very conscious. Like this was a, this was a thing that you really drove yourself towards. Absolutely. Uh, through my whole life, I knew that I wanted to live and work in, in, in Mexico. Cool. Yeah. And I, and I actually, to, to get yeah. here, spent time in Argentina. That's where I really solidified my Spanish or the U S embassy in Argentina. I did an mm -hmm. internship there and that's where I really learned Spanish. Although I was taking a Thunderbird, I went there for six months and learned it there. And then I spent time in Spain. And so I love not just Mexico, but that the whole Latin world and the, the, the differences in culture, just first of all, within Mexico, but then within the Latin world too, it's, it's unbelievable. And the differences in Spanish too, there's different uh, words, just like us english and british english and yeah. scottish and so northern english southern english it's all it's all <laughs> it's a dialect all, yeah it's all dialect yeah yeah I'm really cool you. really cool stuff do you spend most of your time speaking english then in mexico or spanish or is it a uh, blend of both it's a blend of both and, yeah. and los cabos is such an interesting area because there's there's so many people from the us and canada that live here that it's it's we call it a Maramex, so it's part of <laughs> It's part of that. You can get by here without speaking a word of Spanish, mm -hmm. but you miss out on at least 80% of what's going on if you only speak English. And, and the sad part, the sad part is there's there's people that live here that have lived here for years and they don't speak a word of Spanish because they can get by and they have no idea what they're missing out on. It's like a behind <laughs> the scenes view. Yeah. 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 No, and, and and plus just just the first of all, the Mexican people are just a beautiful people and when you speak Spanish, they embrace you like family mm. and it's just, you're, you're treated differently. It's, it's an incredible, mm. it's an incredible thing. That's beautiful. Is that, is that experience of that? I think behind the scenes, behind the curtain is, a, is an interesting and adept call out by Brian. There is, is that the thing that you feel like you've received the most of by having this, this bilingual capacity? I mean, I know you said, you know, you, okay, we, we've added a second soul. What is the mm -hmm. thing that is feeding that soul? 
I think it, it it's it's really just it's an opening of the mind because when you're just for an example, the Mexican culture is very indirect and the language is indirect. And so it's so you start to realize how you start to look around the world and go, wait a minute. So that means every language is wrapped around whatever culture is there. You start to you start to notice that. And and I'll give you I'll give you an example of of, of what I mean by being indirect. If if you drop a fork in in Mexico, you would say, oh, if you if if I dropped a fork, I'd say, hey, I dropped the fork. If you drop it in Mexico, you say, say cayó el tenedor, the fork fell. And so just that little thing right there, it says so much. <laughs> it's like it's like there's there's not that there's this 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 circuitous way of getting to what's really happening and a lot of a lot of very direct people like americans are direct and there's even more direct people like germans are way more direct than americans and people from holland from sweden from the nordic countries you start to you start to realize wow i i can see why there would be some misunderstandings among among folks if if it's offensive to a Mexican, how direct sometimes other cultures are. And to an American, sometimes if, if a Mexican's telling them something, they're like, hey, can someone just get to the point? Because it's like a circuitous way of getting to the point. Mm. And you just start to, you start to realize, so looking behind the curtain like that, you start to, you start to see like, wow, it's so, it's so, the the layers are so complex and they're so beautiful and it helps you breathe into being in the moment and just appreciating the differences the speaking the language is one thing and it does help you gain a new soul but it's it's even more than that as you as you get into the language and you get into the culture you become bicultural and so there's people that speak a second language but they're not bicultural they're right. still mm -hmm. going from their same culture and so what I feel so so grateful about is that I've been able to to become. I feel very bicultural. Sometimes I feel more Mexican than I feel gringo. I, I always I always tell people that I that I have a, a rostro gringo pero un, un corazón mexicano. So that's I have a, a gringo face, but I have a Mexican heart. heart yeah. And so sometimes when I I speak, I do a lot of speaking. That's what I'll say, and of course that breaks the ice. Oh, for sure, it's a great, yeah. it's a great thing to. It's, and I and I and I I genuinely feel that way, and it's a uh, it's it's very, I feel very lucky to be able to to do this. And Los Cabos, I don't know if either of you've been down here, mm -hmm. but That's... it's it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's 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 high desert. It's just like it's it's the part of the Sonoran Desert actually. Interesting. And um, so it's the same flora and fauna, pretty much. The they're not saguaro cactuses. They're a they're a smaller cousin of the saguaros that are down here. But rattlesnakes are down here. It's 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 drier than you know. Obviously, there's an ocean, so it's not as dry as Arizona. Mm -hmm. But it's um, very similar, and it's mm -hmm. it's I, I call it Tucson with an ocean or Phoenix with an ocean. That's what Cabo <laughs> is. So. <laughs> There's there's such a there's a part of me that's being touched here. I have to share this. So I, I studied um, Mex, uh, Mex, Spanish for mm -hmm. for six years um, in in through high school and then all the way two years into college, and I did a, a mini um, sort of business study over in Barcelona at the end of my collegiate career. Um, 
and I, I that that was when I was really in the in the in the grips of of my Spanish speaking abilities, and I was mm -hmm. able to communicate in such a way that was it was it was it was touching my my soul, like kind of how how you're explaining when I was able to connect with with the Spanish speaking population over there, and I slowly have lost that because I just never revisited it, and it's 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 always been a part of me that's feels like unfinished a little bit. So there's like, there's some, there's some, maybe one day that there, there'll be an opportunity for me to go back and, and revisit that, but it's still in there somewhere. But gosh, that was really, I was having all these flashbacks from that time over in Barcelona. That was super rad. No, I, I, I encourage you to, to, yeah. if you feel, if you fill that space, fill it up because yeah, the truth is to, to speak the second, language, it's so much more than just speaking a second language. As mm -hmm. I mentioned some of the things, but just having that dedication and, the, and your first conversation that's all in a second language mm. you're just you start to go wow this is so amazing so i'm amazing. actually having yeah. a conversation yeah and your first your first speech in front of people in a second language or your first it's like sure. wow, it's, wow it's it's such a cool thing because you just realize this this is something it's a gift that you've given yourself and a, and a gift that you're you're it just opens your heart. It's such a beautiful thing to open your heart in that way. Well, a couple of years down the road, we'll revisit this and we'll do this in Spanish. But the thing I would say about people that want to learn, want to learn a second language, you have to immerse yourself. It doesn't work to take classes during the day and then you speak your, so if you're an English speaker and you go home and speak English at night, what happens is just like anything else. When you're working out, what do you have to do? You have to get up and go work out when you don't want to. And so to learn a second language is the same thing. You have to live in an environment where you have to speak Spanish, even when you don't want to. And that's where you need to immerse yourself. Mexico City is a great place because you have to speak Spanish to pretty much to survive there. I mean, you can mm -hmm. get by certain things with English, but Cabo is not a good place for that because you yeah. can you could get away with speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> that's so. interesting. Heck yeah. So on. So you <laughs> On the immersion, though, you have you have immersed your, immersed yourself into this into this culture into this like lifelong lifelong goal, mm -hmm. and now the primary focus is on on helping people direct the, direct their funding. How it's did in, how did that become how did that become part of the path like an essential piece <laughs> to your path here? Yeah, I you know. There's a lot of a lot of this this podcast. We we started talking about culture and different cultures. And I when I when I was out of high school, I was exposed to a group called Up with People. I don't know if you've either of you have heard of that, mm -hmm. but it's an educational program that started in 1965. And it's a group of young people that travel around the world and they do shows around the world. So we do um, a two-hour international songs and dances. Um, and we do community service. It's non-religious, non-political. Everybody hears the name up with people. Mm -hmm. and, oh, it's a religious. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually the whole idea of it. What it's a leadership program, and the whole idea was that you bring different religions together, different socioeconomic levels of people together, different races together, and everyone works together. And so the idea is that you learn to work together on a, as a team. You're traveling, you stay in host families everywhere you go. Mm. And I had the opportunity to travel right out of high school in that, in that group. And the age, the ages of that were from 18 to 25. So there was a wide range of people that maybe they had done college or, or not. But we 
traveled around, did these shows. I'd always been a, I was a performer earlier in, li in life. My mom made me dance, which I hated when I was a kid. I was a ballet dancer, jazz tap. And I hated wearing tights. I, I was like the only boy I was wearing tights. I wanted to play football. This is when I was probably seven when she first put me in the dance. Mm -hmm. And I got to be 16 and I realized, wait a minute, I'm the only boy. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I always thank her for that. But, but that's yeah. just to go back a little bit. I, so I was, I was very involved in the performance aspect of this group up with people. And I went back on staff and, and uh, helped put up the shows that we would do all over the world and, and just had the opportunity to travel probably to over 80 countries and wow. stay in people's homes and um, just incredible, incredible experiences, which could be a whole nother podcast of, of, of that. But what I loved about it was just, just the always, always being selfless in a way you're staying in people's homes, you're, you're helping you're helping uh, different community projects in each town we would go to. You're singing, you're singing songs that are about peace and love and, and everyone get together and work together. And, and, um, and how do we, how do we move forward together and, and, and not try to separate and divide. And it, it's uh, while having your opinions, having strong opinions, which is okay. And learning how to deal with people that have differences of opinions. So I always, I loved that. And I was, I was heavily involved in it before college. I went to college and then um, went to, went to this MBA school I told you about and got into the corporate world. And in the corporate world, I found, I, I was, I was pretty good at it, but I, I, I was never fulfilled. Hmm. And there was an opportunity in 2006 up with people had actually gone out of business in the year 2000. And a friend of mine wanted to bring it back. And so I left my high paying corporate job and just went in and helped bring this organization back cool. and actually went to Mexico and wow. restarted what's called Viva La Gente, which is very famous in Mexico. And that's wow. the up with people version here. So I, that's how I got back into Mexico, which I always knew I would end up here. And, <laughs> and from there, from there, um, I was recruited by the founder of what's called Los Cabos Children's Foundation mm. uh, in 2000, 2008 to come to Los Cabos, take over for him. He was the founder and his organization was the first organization that, that helped get um, treatment for childhood cancer to Los Cabos. And I was part of the team that, that helped do that. And before that, we were sending kids from, from Baja California Sur actually is, is the bottom half of the of the peninsula here uh, to parts of the United States to get treatment or other parts of Mexico. And so we were able to, we were able to um, get, get treatment here for children with cancer and many other things. And that really just fulfilled me to be able to help and help very wealthy people that have homes here mm. because they want to help. They really want to do something, but they don't, they don't know how they don't have, the confidence and hey, what organization do I give to? Uh, and so we may, we would make sure, hey, we vet these organizations, make sure they're actually doing what they say they're doing. Hmm. Um, they didn't have an avenue to do it. So how do I get a tax receipt? And we figured out how to get a tax receipt in the United States or Mexico when you made a donation, depending on where you're from. And it and then now just staying in that same area, which I went from Los Cabos Children's Foundation to now I'm working for these two developments and running a foundation. 
being able to put together these very large community projects and getting everyone involved. And Los Cabos, Los Cabos is an incredibly magical place. There's, there's ostensibly there should be problems here between people, between races, between when you hear stuff going on in the United States, Cabo functions so well. There's Canadians, there's Americans here, Mexicans, everyone's working together. The business sector works together. And it is a place that's very up with people like <laughs> people actually work on problems together, able to have differences of opinion, but being able to resolve them. And over the last two years, obviously with COVID, we I, I feel so grateful because we were able to be in a position here where as you can imagine, Los Cabos is a pure tourism. And there was probably right when the right in 2020, there was probably about 80% unemployment. Every hotel laid everybody off. And mm. there was a huge crisis about to happen because how are people even going to buy food? So um, our organization with some other organizations got together and created something called the Baja California Sewer Community Alliance. We got 200 businesses and foundations working together and we're able to deliver 97,000 families, so about 400,000 people, food over seven months, door to door. And we, wow. worked, we worked with the military. Uh, we worked in conjunction. And the military, it was so cool because at the end of that, the military, you know, has different branches. It had the Navy, um, the Marines were here, um, the, the, just the regular Army. Then you had the National Guard, you had the Federales, you had the local police. And we actually had a we actually had a big um, uh, conference at the end of it, thanking everybody. And and you should have seen these these military guys just crying, saying we've never mm. worked together like this with people with from other branches and the and the federales working with the everybody together. And then just just how they felt about being with the people during that crisis and really helping. And and you could just see it it really opened up this area what's happened since then all the businesses really know how to work together down here los cabos was the number one destination all of last year for everyone because people felt safe to come here mm. it, they felt um, secure it had we had more visitors in 2020 2021 than we had in 2019 um even 2020 wasn't down that much because this was a place that people were coming and and this is it looks to be, uh, it's going to be exponentially better. And so, so what's cool about it is, is I feel what your, your, your original question was, how did I end up in this place where I'm helping people? It, it's, it just, it, it just kept happening and mm -hmm. these opportunities kept happening. And I, I, I believe strongly that when you follow your heart and you, and you, you just keep going no matter how hard it gets. Cause believe me, uh, it hasn't always been easy <laughs> to do, to do this, but things start manifesting. And, mm. um, and this whole area, I feel there's a reason why I'm here because it's a, it's a manifestation of, of who, who I am as a person. There's such a, there's such a mix of, of the green gold culture and the Mexican culture, the sea and the desert and, and just lots of things where I feel comfortable. I just feel really comfortable here. I love it. Mm. And not, not that feeling comfortable is what you should do all the time. You got to get sure. out of comfort zone, but, but it's a, uh, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity. And I've always felt like I, I needed to 
give my best to others for them to, for people to do better, whatever that means. Mm. And, um, and so I feel, I feel very fulfilled about where I am and, and what I'm doing. And, and, and there's lots of big things coming down the pike, which we can talk about in a second, but anyway, uh, I don't even know if I answered your question, but <laughs> I would say you answer the question. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious about the community because, because yeah. the way you describe the community is very, very special, right? Like, it's not just that there is an intermixing of cultures, right? It's not just that it's an international uh, boiling plate of, of human experience, but what is it that has, that you feel has allowed for this, the, the offset of connection? Like how, how is this atypical community working together, businesses working together, uh, military operations working together? What is it about Cabo that's making that a reality? You know, I, I thought about that a lot because it's it's such a it's such a special place. Um, I, I I just I think that people when they come here, first of all, they're just in joy because when they when they get off the plane, it, it's you can smell the sea. Hmm. Uh, it's great weather. It's not great weather right now, but it will be. <laughs> it's great weather most of the year. It's pretty hot, um, but sometimes. But uh, it's great weather most of the year. People people get off there. They're out of their normal environment um, usually. Not not the people that live here, obviously, but people that have second homes here. Um, and there's there's just this the the Mexican culture also is so welcoming. One of the one of the differences too is is we're a American culture is a guest culture, so we're used to being guests. And the Mexican culture is what's known as a host culture. And so that kind of fits together really well. We're really yeah, good guests and they're really good hosts. And so <laughs> there's this real, real comfortableness with that arrangement. And, and people feel really welcome here. And they want to, they feel taken care of and they want to take care of others. Hmm. And so that, there's just that, there's just that, feeling when you come here now there's other places in mexico that are similar there's san miguel de allende puerto Vallarta, um to an extent mazatlan though mazatlan's more mexican cancun which really isn't the same it's a little bit of a different different place los cabos is still or i would say boja california sewer is still really kind of the, the wild west i mean it's the it's the oldest or the youngest state in mexico so it just became a state not I, don't don't ask me what year I don't remember, but I think 50, 1950 something. So it's still a pretty young um, young state, still learning a lot. Uh, it's 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 rugged. People have to work together for things to happen. Sometimes the power goes out. Sometimes the I mean, people are just used to it because it's the infrastructure's not there. So people work together, and couple that with some of the wealthiest people in the world come here. So you have to have services and, and you have to have, um, you have to give world-class service. So you have these rugged, rugged situations, but you still have to show up and give world-class service and provide a world-class experience. And so people have to work together to do that. Mm. Also, just, just, all the different cultures that live here that come here that that are excited about making this as, as their community and they feel like that it people people just seem to take care of each other here and and it, there's just never any 
you know, I go back to the States probably once a month. I'm back in Arizona or I'm traveling somewhere else in the States. And, you know, you just look at the news and hear the news and there's just so much division. And I, I love it here because it's not that. And I think people stay off the news when they're down here too. So they're not mm-hmm. being contaminated with that energy. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. And, and also just being in nature, I think brings a, a peace to to your soul maybe not having so much emf radiation around around and um a lot of negative ions in the air which is great for you <laughs> and so it's yeah. there's just a lot of there's a lot of great things about this area that i think makes it a, a very special place what, what i could listen to you talk all day long this is so, <laughs> so fascinating Corey. Like um, one of the things that stands out to me is, 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 is yoga, right? I want to bring that yeah. word up because I know yeah. that's part of your journey as well. Um, you're talking to two yogis as well. Patrick used to own a yoga studio in Chandler and, oh, and cool. still, still teaches today. And myself, I still teach as well. And we kind of rapped about this um, a few times over at, over at Optimize where we often yeah. see each other, but um, yoga, the word itself is, can be, can be known as, as, as union to yoke, right. To bring yeah. together. So that's to me a lot of, of what your, of what your inspiration is. Right. And, and so how do, how does yoga show up for you today? Is that mm-hmm. something that, cause I, I just feel like it's flowing from your soul, flowing from the, mm-hmm. the words out of your mouth. I can feel it. And even when I spend time next around you, I get that sort of selfless, um, beautiful spirit. Like we are all in this together, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll let you speak. How, how does yoga show up in your life today? Well, just to go, just to go back, yoga started, yeah. started showing up in my life. I, I, I was a big Bikram guy. I mean, I used to okay. love Bikram and whatever studio had the hottest Bikrams, whatever the sweat the most. And, and I, and now, now I look back and I kind of laugh and, and mm-hmm. Bikram was my gateway drug to, to actual <laughs> yoga. So I'm the same way. That's so funny. That's so funny. So, so you start to realize, I remember when I, I would do Bikram so much and I thought, man, I'm such a great yogi. And I would, yeah. I would go, I would go every day and sometimes twice a day, you know, in the morning and at night. And, and wow, I could really do, I could really do the camel, the half camel. I was, a yeah. and I could hold it and, you know, I'd almost, I'd almost pass out sometimes, but man, that's what you're supposed to be like. <laughs> right. So, so then I, I, I went to a power yoga class and I couldn't do anything. I mean, I was like, what, wait a minute, I'm a yogi. How come I can't do some of these other poses? <laughs> because I was always doing the, what is it? 24. I don't remember how many yeah, there are. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. I was doing the same 24 every day. Well, of course you're not going to, you're not doing other stuff. And so I started realizing, well, maybe there's more to this than, than uh, Senor Bikram and his craziness. And I, so I, I started getting involved in the power yoga studio, which also, you know, there's, there's, that's an interesting side mm. of yoga as well. Mm. And, um, and I, I decided I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And so I, I went to a place called uh, Nosara and, and, and I went to a place called the Nosara Yoga Institute. And the, the one that headed that, his name is Don Stapleton. Hmm. And he started something called the self-awakening yoga. And he was, he also was the, he was the CEO of Kripalu for like 19 mm-hmm. years. He, he managed them through a, I think, I, I think their guru was a Babaji or a, I, I don't remember, but he had a sexual problem with one of the students. And yeah. so he managed the way through that. And so just a lot of interesting things, but 
but this Nosari Yoga Institute was just incredible. It was in the jungle, right by the ocean. I don't know if you've been to Costa Rica, but mm. incredible place. And I started, I started realizing, like, wow, yoga is a lot more than, than, <laughs> than sweating in a room and yes. being able yourself. Yeah, being or being able to do being able to do a push up into a handstand. That was that that was always my coup de grace. I was like, oh, I can I, I gotta be able to push up into a handstand. And then I then I've made it. Yeah. And you start realizing, well, if that was true, uh, then all the Cirque du Soleil people would be enlightened, right? If, I mean, mm. they can do anything with their bodies, but it has nothing to do with that. Mm. And you start to you start to realize that no, it's 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 the journey. It doesn't matter where your body is, how flexible you are, whatever, it's it's to your edge. And are you pushing a little bit farther? Mm. And, and you start to bring that into all aspects of your life. And you start to realize that yoga, this union is not, it's not the practice of yoga. That, that, that's, that's a, that's what we do. But, but when I'm speaking with a potential donor or I'm going to the, the food bank here or talking with, we're working with a group called Teleton and we're bringing in a rehab center here for kids. That's yoga. I mean, that's mm. the union of, of bringing mm. people together. And, and I, I always, I always, I always think about when, uh, who am I really, who am I, my, 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 the girl that works for me, she's the coordinator of the foundation, my best friends. We always talk, who are we really helping? Because we, we work with very wealthy people. And their kids sometimes, and they take their kids out to see some of these projects. And then we, the poorest people in the world, I mean, live live in cardboard boxes. And there's these food kitchens and community outreach areas that that are just beautiful. The the work that's being done there. But sometimes you're 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 wondering, am I helping the kids that are in the kitchen, or am I helping the very wealthy? Mm-hmm donor with their kids because i i had i had a donor walk up to me once and, and this was actually last year um right before right before he decided to give a transformational gift of six million dollars to a project that wow. is going to change Kabul forever we, we can talk about that in a minute but he walked up to me because we were it was december 24th and we were at this community center and he had his kids 19, 21, 23 year old children, and they had friends with them. And we, he went out and bought 90 pairs of pajamas for, for these kids and actually got their sizes, everything. We went and cleared out Walmart and Costco and, and, and the the one, the lady that runs this community center said, Hey, these kids, they're, they're cold at night because it does get cold in the winter here a little bit. So he decided that wasn't acceptable. He went out and bought all these things for them. His kids, handed the, the, they, they, they wrapped the gifts and the, the, mm. these kids got to unwrap them. And he walked up to me with tears in his eyes. And he just said, you know, I can, I can pretty much buy anything, but I can't buy this. My mm. kids would rather be here mm. than partying at the club mm. where he owns a house. And, and after, after that, he decided to, he asked me, Hey, what is, those Cabos really need. And, and what Cabo needs is specialty medical care for children. There's, there's nothing here that exists. And so, so he decided to give 50% of the project and he's made a gift. And because of that gift and because of that interaction, because of that yoga, the mm. union of bringing yeah. all these people together, uh, we will, we are 
beginning to have a first children's hospital here that has just been announced. The mayor, I have a meeting with the mayor in, in on Tuesday. It's out in the media. It just got it got released that the they're getting involved, municipalities getting involved, and again, it's creating all the businesses, all the foundations, everybody getting involved to accomplish a goal of having world-class medical care for children here, which is crazy that a place with this much wealth doesn't have that. And the kids were having to go two and a half hours away to La Paz to get any kind of specialty care. Um, but it's gonna change everything and it's going to give more of a platform for people to give and also to get to get their, what, what I see, their, their healing, their yoga and yeah. how they, this gentleman who is a phenomenal human being, um, he, the, the one that gave the big gift, he just always says, how is it possible that we live in these multi-million dollar homes right, right across the street and there's people living in cardboard boxes that are actually working here? And it shouldn't be possible. That kind of stuff has to, we, we have to address this because, sure. um, and I'm not talking about communism, everybody should have the same or anything, nothing like that. I'm talking about really as human beings, how do we come together and say, hey, what do, what do we do to make sure that this isn't really the world we want to create? Hmm. And the cool thing about Cabo, the cool thing about Cabo is it's actually a place small enough that you can do something about it. There's enough wealth here there's enough the way the landscape is how it's it's not a big geographical place and uh you could actually do something that's different and um anyway i don't know if that answered your question about yoga but that's my yoga <laughs> and that's I, beautiful and, and yeah. i do yin yoga every day so that's, <laughs> that's my thing i i, I yeah. actually do the physical practice yes um and that's my new my new thing it used to be power yoga bikram yeah. And now I just want to hold the poses for five to seven minutes. And, um, and it's amazing the space that opens yes. up because that, that space is what gives you that, that moment of, of when, when you have someone say something to you, you don't immediately react because you created mm -hmm. space in your body and you created space in between what, what, what the, you know, what's coming at you and what's coming out. And that's, that's the beginning of, of peace. Of transformation. Yeah. yeah transformation. Sure. Yeah. That's so good. Thank On you. The, for, yeah. Yeah. Great, great yeah. exploration of, of yoga uh, from, from every perspective. What a great, what a great exploration of yoga. Um, and, and uh, fun that you found your way into a slower practice because it's <laughs> quite important. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. What is the healthcare system mm. like in Mexico? I, I, I am coming from a place of zero knowledge. Is it, is mm -hmm. it public? Is it private? Is it a combination? What is it, what does it actually look like? It's a, it's a combination and, and supposedly every Mexican has full healthcare. So that's, that's, it's, it's, it's social. There's some socialism here. It's called EAMS and that's the healthcare system is that everyone has access to that. It's a combination. There's lots of private institutions here. And so the wealthy people go to the private ones and then there's the public, which if, if you're in the public system and you have something really bad, it, it, it's bad. I mean, it's just not good, not good care. And so it's, it, there's some challenges around that. Um, saying that a lot of, there's a lot of stereotypes that 
Mexico doesn't have good doctors or, you know, why would you come down to Mexico to get a surgery or, or the, the truth is there's some of the best doctors in the world here and there's some of the best hospitals in the world. And it's just that there's certain, there's only a certain group of people that have access to, right. to it. However, saying that, I would say that, you know, I've been down here for a long time. I have health insurance in the U S I, I think I'm about to get rid of that. I'm, 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 I've never even really used my U.S. health insurance, and it's so expensive. And I don't know if I ever want to go to a U.S. institution anymore. Too expensive after... to use, which is a problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, even if you have fair. insurance, it's, it's, it's like it's just crazy. And and I had a hernia um, in 2020. I had a hernia uh, during COVID, and and I needed to get an operation. And instead of going back to the U.S. and spending three weeks waiting for the, the imaging and then another three weeks for whatever. I called, uh, I called a friend of mine who's, whose cousin is one of the top surgeons in Mexico and he does liver transplants and he, he agreed to do my hernia surgery, which is just awesome. And, and so I, it was in Guadalajara and he said, okay, I call him on a Thursday on Friday, he called me back, says, okay, I have space for you next Friday. Wow. Yeah, imagine. In Guadalajara, I just need the imaging. I need you to go do the imaging. I need you to do a blood test. And he just sent me what I needed to do. I went to the hospital here. I got all those tests done, $300 for all the tests. I wow. actually had everything <laughs> with me. I sent it to him. I sent it to him and uh, over email, but I also took it to him. I was in a hospital in Guadalajara called country club or country. I can't remember exactly, but it's something country and there was club in it also, but it's, it's like a very famous hospital where a lot of people do cosmetic surgery. These rooms were like suites. My girlfriend had her own bathroom in the room <laughs> and I, I had my bathroom. And, and so I'm in this hospital and I check in, they come in, they do, they do my surgery. And I think I got to get out of the hospital because it's going to be so expensive. And he says, no, 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 you're going to stay here for four days. So just imagine what this would cost in the mm -hmm. United States to do a hernia. Because they, they kick you out. This is outpatient oh, yeah. surgery in the U.S. Yeah. Um, I was in the hospital for four days. Beautiful hospital room with a terrace, by the way, too. But not that I could use it after the surgery. <laughs> but, but, it, but, it, but, it, but I'm there for four days. I'm getting... I'm getting 24 hour care. These nurses are coming in all the time. They're changing. I, I have IVs in me. Who knows what the heck went into me, but a lot of antibiotics, I guess, goes into you, a lot of saline. And I, I'm like, oh my gosh, this bill is going to be crazy. And my insurance, I'm not using my insurance down here. So, and I kind of knew that it, that it was going to be around 15 to $20,000. I was thinking, um, I get out the whole thing. $8,000, $8,000 for four days in the wow. hospital and a hernia surgery. And it's, it was the best care. The surgeon called me nightly for two weeks. I mean, imagine, <laughs> surgeon, imagine yeah. ever having a call with a surgeon in the United no. States. And, and you start to realize, you start to see, and I, and I had other experiences here with the healthcare system. I could call, I could call a, um, um, any kind of specialty here right now and they will pick up the phone. I have, I have, I have the phone numbers of all the different specialties. If I need someone and I call them and they say, Hey, yeah, come in and see me tomorrow. 
in the U.S., you 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 have to go through a whole process to get to whatever the word is recommended to go and um, ripped off. Uh, it's the word. <laughs> ripped off is the word. And and the whole thing with the testing too, the amount of money they charge for testing when here it's crazy. You just go in and you can put you can get every single test. It's like two hundred fifty dollars yeah. at Unreal. most, and and you get it right away. And you're sitting there. And I love also the United States. I've I've had an ultrasound in the United States. And um, uh, they can't say anything. It's against the rules. They can, yeah. they can you know right. how they're like, they're yeah. looking and, and they're going, and they're going, hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're like going, what are they saying? Right. Like, like right. are they, are they saying something? Hey, can you tell me anything? Oh, I can't say anything. No, I can't say anything. In Mexico, the, this is what they do. They're like, hey, come over here so you can see the screen. Ah, see that? That's, okay, yeah, that's your hernia. And then here, ah, that's, so they're like telling, it's so wow. humane. Wow. It's just so humane. And this is this is the difference. Why are we so inhumane yeah. with our healthcare system? It's crazy. I don't get it. So, mm-hmm. so how is the healthcare system in Mexico? It's amazing for, for middle-class and, and upper-class people. It is there for low-class people and it, there, there are good doctors. So, but it, but it could, it could definitely use an upgrade. But it's, it's as the culture, it's very humane. There, there, you feel like you're being cared for, and mm. people are taking care of you, and, <laughs> and you're actually able to talk to a doctor, and they're not just trying to get you out of the office because they've got, you got to get twenty five other people in that same hour to sure. meet their quota for the insurance, and, yep. it, I, I, I mean, I, I had a, I had a. Um, I have a gastroenterologist here who, who did my colonoscopy and I, it was like two days. It was like, Hey, ah, Corey, we need to do one. It's your, you're that age. Yeah. Yeah. Come in. Let me look at you. Okay. Let me give you the stuff. You go home the next day. They had it set up and I go and do a colonoscopy and I have the whole, so I can just bring it back to the States and show my doctor there. Sure. I, and that's just the way that I think if your listeners are there and you want to do your test, go to Mexico and do them and take them back. It'll be a lot faster. <laughs> a lot cheaper yeah and uh get better and, care yeah. and the doctors actually take them so yeah. just a fascinating story <laughs> I, I i got a good question for you here i want to i want to yeah. ask this to you because you've been you've been super transparent and we really appreciate that um yeah this has been a super rad conversation so so something so something that you rarely discuss what is something you rarely discuss Corey? but it means a lot to you so something that, yeah, something that you rarely discuss, but it really means a lot to you. Something I rarely discuss. Huh. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I have an answer for that because I pretty much discuss everything. I don't, I don't really have a, I don't have a lot yeah. of filters. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's I will, I will. And when I care about something, I, I talk a lot about it hmm. and I try to find people now. Am I able to find people that talk about it? That's another story all the time. <laughs> that 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 may not be the case. But one thing I one thing I will say that I'm really fascinated by right now, which which we we can talk about, is is just this whole idea of living in the now and and the power of now. And I'm I'm really into Eckhart Tolle right now. Mm. Um, I'm going through a breakup with my you know my girlfriends and yes, so yeah. actually going through a breakup right now so that's that hasn't been widely discussed so that that's been very difficult but uh 
it's been very good too because it's a it's almost been a vehicle to to wake up more and um so that's that's kind of really prompted me to get back into some of the teachings that i that i really love and i i brought some of my favorite my favorite uh the yes. new earth here yes. also pema children places yes. that scares yes amazing and I just, I just actually had this on my shelf and I just picked it up. I don't know if you've inward. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, some of the, some of these things in here, it's just it's amazing. So good. It's and so, so good. you start to, you know, you, just going back through these again, I've read all these before, but they just mean so much, so many different things to you as, as you hmm. continued with yoga practice and other practices and the practice of living, living. sometimes there's breakups and sometimes there's loss and yes. and and just realizing that we're all connected even in that and that that we all have we all go through it and so it's not poor me poor whatever it's it's really it's a, it's a way of deepening the connection uh with others and really exploring being in the moment, mm. just realizing that if you are in the moment, the problems fall away. The mm. and 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 just keep keeping reminded of that. And that's so that's something I haven't discussed was my my recent breakup. And so that mm. I haven't told my family yet either. So that's <laughs> hopefully maybe if they're listening to this podcast, they're like, what? <laughs> we really liked her. <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we won't release it for another three or four weeks so you have time oh, okay I can, I can let people know okay good. <laughs> in all seriousness i want to i want to touch on this this present this this moment but just yeah. just like you shared so i'm i'm actually um i'll share a little piece that i don't talk about with very often um is that i'm 42 now and i yeah. just have recently discovered my birth father um, oh. I'm, ad I'm adopted so um We've we've started to cultivate a little bit of a relationship, but um, in and amongst this discovery of each other, um, it has it has brought me to a place um, where I've never really been in my life. And what I, what I mean by that is it's 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 it, it takes me away from the present moment in such a way that um, that it started to become well, like a, a problem, right? With, for, mm, for me, meaning, mm, meaning mm. it is, it is starting to evoke or awake. Um, I, like I never knew any of my health history. I never knew what my father looked like. Mm, so I've, mm. I've discovered all of these things. Um, and the way that I used to live my life, I call it my past self. There's, there's a lot of similarities on how he used to live his life and how I live my life. And, and it's so this, it's, it's, it's created this, this, um, this wave, right. In, in my, in my, in my mm, human experience, mm. So I, I found that there's a couple of things you mentioned that, that have hit my heart. The one thing is my, my yogic practice has, is starting to change. It's starting mm -hmm. to slow down, mm -hmm. which, which really has given me, like you mentioned, the space to breathe and to feel and, and to really allow for whatever comes up to come up. Because yeah. in that in that power situation, like it's just you're just kind of beating your head against the the wall, you know, so to speak. So, so, so I want to turn this back to you, Corey. How what what ways do you do you stay present? I mean, I could go through my my checklist or my toolbox, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. I, I really think there's reading, of course. There's there's a physical practice, but what what has, has stood out to you during these times of change for you as well that that have really allowed you to to stay present? 
Well, first of all, thank you for thank you for sharing that. That's a pretty powerful powerful thing to get in touch with your birth father. Mm. Uh, and and it's so interesting to think about. You know, I grew up with mine, and so I knew what my health history was mm. and what all those things. So I, I would love to hear more about that. What are, what a fascinating, um, uh, interesting mind. Are, are we allowed to say mind fuck on here? But I don't know if we're allowed you to say <laughs> good. I mean, yeah. just, just, it is. And, and, and what a, what a it way is. of keeping you from being present and, but, but what also the perfect, cause I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe spirit gives us anything that we can't handle. And, mm-hmm. and the idea is now all those things in your mind, how are you going to turn that into a spiritual practice and turn that into being present? And and as you mentioned, the, the the books, reading books, reading, and I and I love I love Audible. So I love I love listening. To, the power of now on Audible That's is so one of the most powerful because it's Ecratole speaking, people yes. asking him questions. Uh, I highly recommend it, and I highly recommend that you listen to it over and over again because it's it's. I don't listen to it all the time, but when I, I just throw it on and just listen to wherever it is, and it's amazing because it's always something that's needed needed at that moment, mm. and it. And his voice and, and the word, it gets you in the moment. So, so those, his, his presence is really always in the now. So I really always. love that. Yes. Um, you know, the, 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 the spiritual practices of yoga, meditation, mm. sometimes meditation is tough for me though, because sometimes it's that so. doesn't really get me out of my head. It gets me more into my head. And so breathing is something mm. that I definitely do. I have a, a um, a piano music, which I'll, I'll, I'll share with you that I do breathing in and out. It's six seconds in six seconds out. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. piece of music and you do it for 20 minutes that get, that gets me really out of the head out and in, in much more into the body, feeling the body and, and just, just paying more attention to the feelings. And, and one thing I notice is when a crisis comes up or when something comes up that, that is unexpected, just this, the taking the moment and saying, where am I feeling this in my body? And that mm. immediately puts you in the present. Mm. It just immediately, it's not easy to do all the time, but even if you, if you start to do it, you start to interrupt the, the normal cycles that, that happen. Um, if you just play the witness and just go, okay, wait a minute, what am I doing right now? Mm-hmm. And, and, and even when you notice yourself doing an yeah. unconscious behavior or a habit that, that all of us have, that all of us do, uh, the, the catching yourself and the more catching of yourself, uh, really works, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's very powerful. I actually, I just opened up this page. Uh, I was going to read as you were, as you were saying that this is from the new earth, but I, I love, I have this saved because I always go back to it. But one thing Eckhart Tolle says is one thing we do know life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know this is the experience you need? Because this is the experience you're having at this moment. And so it's, it's very powerful. And I read that. So how do, how do we know it's what we need? It's because this is the experience we're having at the moment. And we are on the path to awakening. We are on the path to consciousness. And so wherever you are, that's where you're supposed to be and stay present to it. And that's so good. It's, 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 um, 
it's funny that you brought that book up as well because I was just listening to it the other damn day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of synergies here happening, which I really appreciate. Um, I know it's putting up against our hour. Yeah. Patrick, do you want to yeah. leave off with anything else, brother? There's a few things. There's a few things that I'm curious about. One one thing that I'm um, one thing that I want to maybe both of you guys can offer this. When you leave your when you leave your present moment, <clears throat> in which direction are you are you most frequently visiting? Um, and in that right, there's there's really you can go back and you can worry about things that have happened, or you can go forward and you can worry about things that will happen. Um, and I'm curious which direction you guys, you guys go. Ryan, why don't you start? I know exactly what direction I go, but you, you go yeah. for it. Um, I think it's a blend of both for me. It's, it's, yeah, it's a blend of both. It, it, if we're, not, if we're going to talk to the topic, specific topic of, of like my birth father, it, it definitely goes back first and then it goes directly to how this is going to impact my future. So it's like a toggling in between both of them um, that, that I find myself most often. It's, it's almost as if it's almost as if the present moment is sometimes scary for me um, in, 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 in the past, it certainly has been. So, so a lot of those, a lot of those stories um, that I've that I told myself in the past have, have sort of starting to resurface. Um, so with that, being in the present moment is not necessarily the most comfortable of, of situations for me lately, right? That, that, that's, that's been not the common practice throughout my whole life. But um, yeah, and, and I, there's, there's just, a, there's, there's so much that has come up from this that um, that's, I guess that would be my initial um, gut um, answer. I, I think, I think for me, it's, it's, I jump into assuming. <laughs> so I, I, I just assume it's about assuming and control. And mm. so it's, it's, it's you, it's, it's going to the future really when mm. you think about that. It's, it's, although it's a little bit of the past because you're assuming that something happened in the past, in my opinion, this is what probably what's happening. So that's going to cause this future outcome and I need to control it. And so there's this angst that starts to happen and you start to feel it in your chest. That's when I know, that's when I know that I'm out of the moment is when this whole kind of this whole, this whole area between the chest and the yes. liver, the heart and the liver starts to starts to bubble and you start to go, Oh, wait, oh, I'm not in the, I'm not in the present. I'm assuming and, and I go, and you go down to, you know, the four agreements is always a good, for me, mm. that's always a good map. Mm. Am I, am I making assumptions? Oh am I, God. am I saying the truth of my word? Am I doing my best? What's the other one? Assume, um, don't take anything personally. personally. I yes. take a lot personally. <laughs> so, so when, when, you, when you start to just realize like nothing's personal that, and, and you start to take something personal, that's when I notice. So I, I don't know if this is the right way to answer this question, but if I start to feel some of the four, the four agreements, I start to go against those. Mm. That's when I know I'm not in the, that's so when good. I know I'm not in the present. That's so good. Yeah. I had, I had, to, I had a mentor of mine so. um, gift me two of Don Miguel Ruiz's bells that he used to use in ceremony. Um, so I have those back on my altar. Oh, wow. Left shoulder there or, or your left, my right. Um, 
which is something I ring every morning. And, and, and so two practices that I'm doing right now that are really impactful for me is, is, is chanting the word Om. Mm, that, mm. that brings me right to my center. And mm. I, was, I, was, I was, I make a lot of phone calls for work and I was getting ready. I was doing some ohms in the middle of work the work day the other day. And I had a client call and I was had to, <laughs> I had to like pause and cause there was the ohm was like, I do it for five, for five minutes straight. It's just a rolling uh, ohm that, that just yeah. focuses the energy right in my heart space. And um, so I had to pause just for a moment, pick up the phone and kind of jump into the conversation the best I could. But it was, it was an interesting sort of um, dynamic that I found myself playing, having to play with in the middle of the day. So, but the sound, the sound for me, the vibration that, that, that I can create with my own vocal cords, mm-hmm. that is so impactful for me these days. Um, it really, there's, a, there's videos on YouTube and stuff. You can watch like a little baby um, who's crying and upset. And then the, the parent or the guardian or whatever is oming and that, that upset, upset baby calms down to, to just like, just immediately. It's, it's the most, it's, it's one of the, yeah, it's one of the, the most impactful sounds I've ever experienced. And now just practicing, mm. I've never practiced it on my own. I mean, we ohm out in every one of my pr- yoga practices that I teach, but it's, 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 it's something different when you're there, there's a group ohm that can be super impactful for mm-hmm, sure. I'll take mm-hmm. anything away, away from that, but then there's also that individual ohm that really speaks to your, gosh, it just speaks to my soul. So that's something mm-hmm, that helps me recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's really cool. What a, what a beautiful, and, it, and it's just, and you, and you think about it too, the ohm is all about the breath. So mm-hmm. the breath's going out, you're bringing it in. And so you're yes. actually getting a full breath and you're putting this beautiful sound out into the out into the universe. Yes. Through the heart and through yes. the yeah, what a beautiful. Oh. What? I don't know where we got away from all this stuff. I know. <laughs> I, mean, I, know. What? I mean, it's so simple. It's it is. so simple. It and, is. and 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 Eckertoll even talks about also if you just pay attention to your inner feelings and you, mm-hmm. you can activate every single cell in the moment. You'll never get sick. You're, you're not, your immune system is, is going to be taken care of. It's going to cure whatever you have. You don't, that's all you need. And we, we've gotten so far away from that. And all these practices, the, the oming, the breathing, the, the yoga, the, the slow yoga. Yes. I don't know if Bikram fits, but everything else is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, is, this, is a, this is a powerful conversation. I, I thank you guys so much for... Yeah, Corey. Oh, thank man. you. This uh, this was too. a this was a very good time. I really yeah, appreciate man. you you sitting down with us. This was a this was fun, and people are going to enjoy the heck out of this. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I, you guys are both invited down to uh, Los Cabos. We'll we'll take you around, and we'll go do some practices out on the land here. You'll you'll really enjoy it. So heck yeah, and bring down yes. some of your products. I, I I I and I'm 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 working with my buddy down here to to talk with you, Brian. So he's gonna cool. He, he wants to give you a call. Awesome. That's great news, man. Yeah. Appreciate right. you, Corey. Right. This is, um, dude, I, I just, again, from the bottom of my heart, I, I knew this was going to be a rad conversation, but I just didn't know how rad. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so floored right now, man. So much, with so much gratitude and, and just, um, just love for you, brother. I appreciate oh, you. Love, love for you guys too. And I, and I have so much gratitude because I'm excited because I have so much energy for the rest of my day. This, yes. this conversation is yes. giving me energy. So yes. thank you. Thank you both for what you're doing for the world. Thank it's you. Really cool. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. All right, guys. Thanks Take care, man. Have a good weekend. Brother. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. Yeah.